Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Well, there is something special, at least for me, about uh, this being the beginning of the year. Um, and in, for many people uh, who are on a school kind of agenda or work agenda, really the year starts tomorrow. My son was off from school today. I have an, an eight-year-old and vacation ends and school starts tomorrow. A number of people didn't go to work today. Um, and although time is a concept, after all, where is the past? Can you look quickly and catch it behind you or look at the future ahead of you? When you think about it, the past and the future are thoughts that are happening right now in the present. Although time is a concept, there can be a skillful means of using that concept. Starting anew, reflecting on what has transpired, and recommitting or connecting with what our intention is for uh, what's, what's about to come. Just like in the meditation, as I, I said uh, before we started sitting, Every moment is the beginning. Every moment is the start of the meditation. Just letting go of the past and saying, okay, here we are. What's actually going on? And so, coming together on this night, I thought um, I would talk about our intention what really matters? Again, simply to reconnect with that so we can approach this new year with uh, more of a, uh, a personal contact with, with our hearts and what really uh, is important to us. What, I was, what got me to think about this uh, particularly was the, the fact that the New Year's um, in between one year and the other, seems like a whole lot is going on. And yet, for me, last New Year's Eve, not the one two nights ago, but the one a year ago, it seemed like it was just here. And the one before that, and the one before that, our New Year's Eves are, and our New Year's are kind of demarcations. And the years move by very quickly. If we're not here in a full-hearted way, we miss out on our life. How many days do we have? I was playing around with a calculator. You know, maybe 30,000 days. Seems like a lot. But one after another, they just slip away if we are in the habit of not being here for them. Well, they slip away whether or not we're here for them. But there's a real fullness if we, uh, if we are clear on what it is that matters to us in our life and what we want to give our energy and our heart to. Now, sometimes people think of the, the teachings of the Buddha as not having preferences, which is uh, a very wonderful, powerful way to approach this idea of um, everything being one, non-duality. And yet, when there is um, a connection with what will bring us true happiness and peace, when we can focus in on what it is that we want to create in our life, it seems that the universe is more able to answer that call. At the beginning of the Dhammapada, the verses, um, famous collection of verses by the Buddha, he says, we are what we think, 
All we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts we make the world. Speak or act with an impure mind and trouble will follow you as the wheel follows the ox that draws the cart. We are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts we make the world. Speak or act with a pure mind and happiness will follow you as your shadow, unshakable. If we are not aware of how we get thrown and confused by our thoughts, often we are finding ourselves creating problems and trouble for ourselves. And in order to develop that awareness, it takes a very strong intention. It doesn't just happen that we awaken to our minds and our hearts and, and our life here and see through the seduction of grasping or of fear and um, aversion to truly understand who we are and what we are about. In the teachings of the Buddha on the Eightfold Path, the second link in the Eightfold Path after right understanding is right thought or sometimes translated as right aspiration. That once you see that the world is more than about getting as much as you can as quickly as you can, you have some kind of understanding as to the possibilities of what uh, what causes happiness and what causes suffering. That, that second link, right aspiration, is getting a clear vision of what it is you want to do with your life. How much care you want to give to non-greed, non-hatred, non-delusion, and cultivating those as opposed to the habits of greed, hatred, and delusion. This right aspiration also shows up in the teachings on clear comprehension. Clear comprehension, has that been talked about here recently? Or? Clear comprehension is uh, the balance to bear attention, the bare attention of mindfulness. Mindfulness is the essence of the, of the meditation practice, knowing what's happening here in this moment. But you can get so um, tunnel-visioned in this moment that you forget to see the context of the practice. And clear comprehension gives a context, uh, a larger perspective on why it is that we could, why, why we might practice. One of the, the four elements of clear comprehension is clear comprehension of purpose. That when we are clear in our purpose in our life, then that becomes the, the vision with which we walk through our life. And when we backslide or we do things that are unskillful, there's more of a, a possibility of getting back on track when we are in touch with our purpose. This past year I had the, um, the opportunity to visit with Mother Mira in Germany. I was on, a, on my way to a conference in Asia and I was stopping in, um, in uh, Germany and I wanted to meet with Mother Mira who's this um, holy woman in, uh, from India who lives in Germany. Uh, I had heard a lot about her and uh, have some good friends who spent some time with her. Uh, and I thought, well, I'll want to get my my hit as well, and uh, and just see. I, I check out any holy person I can. I, all the help I can get, I'm <laughs> I'm ready for. Okay. <laughs> and with uh, when you go to see Mother Mira, 
there's about 120 people. They have a list of people who are uh, scheduled to, to be there for the evenings. And I, you make it in advance. And each person goes up um, for about 45 seconds, one person after another. There's a kind of on-deck chair, right? And then when the person in front is, uh, is finished, the next person who's gotten to the, that chair comes up. And until everybody gets a chance to be in front of, of Mother Mira. And what you do is you first put your head in her lap and she is doing something to your, to your head. <laughs> yeah. Unraveling karmic knots or something like that. That it, it's actually been explained like that. And then she lets go and you, you look up and you have eye contact together. She is kind of beaming some energy to you. It's kind of it's, it's uh, fascinating. And the, uh, the idea uh, that many people have, have been told is that she will, she will grant you what you wish for. She will, she will give you your boon. Um, I, I would think that it, uh, it's uh, as long as it's a wholesome boon. I don't know if there's... But what, uh, what that exercise was for, was for me coming that great distance and standing, sitting in front of this, kneeling in front of this person for 45 seconds, it got me focused on what really matters. And whether or not I will get what I wish for, actually it's a process that I've, that I've been, that I wished for, it's still with me those 45 seconds. Just getting clear in my own heart is the power of that uh, very high ritual. Now what if somebody said to you, what if a genie appeared and said, okay, you can have anything you want, but you have to give me a clear vision of what it is you want, because if you don't, then just take what you get. Okay? What is it that you would really want? Would you use it on you know, a new car? Or on uh, a pleasant high peak experience? What really matters to you? What will what will give you something that will fuel and feed your, your whole life to bring you real happiness, to bring you real peace inside, to bring you to harmony? What is it that really matters? So I think before I go on, I would just like us to, uh, to spend a few moments in that exercise. If you would, go inside. And the, the genie or the great spiritual being, and they're out there, has just come down to you and say, says, please tell me what is most important to you. If you let me know, I can assist you. Feel inside. The authenticity 
of your heart speaking to you. Nothing to do with image, nothing to do with gaining points, just something inside that spoke to you. Now the interesting thing is, once you hear it, if you have that as your guiding force, as your purpose, as your vision, more and more the Dharma or life or the universe or God or whatever you want to call it inside can answer it just by the sincerity that you bring to that aspiration. A few years ago, some of the, um, the teachers in our community, Jack and uh, Anna and uh, a few other teachers, Sylvia Borstein, we had a, um, we get together from time to time and uh, have our own little uh, Dharma group, support group. And uh, Ram Das uh, joined us this one day, and we were talking about about our spiritual life, our spiritual journey. And uh, we're talking about how much we really put our whole being into it. And Ramdas asked the question in a very poignant way. He said, is awakening just a hobby? Or is it the most important thing? And it's a very good question. You know, it was clear what, what our answers were. But it's something that uh, we can ask ourselves, probably couldn't ask ourselves too much. Is waking up, is finding out what real truth, what real connection is, is that just a hobby? Is it something that you do and come to Spirit Rock on a Monday night and be around some nice people and maybe get a little entertainment if there's some jokes in the talk or maybe something to reflect on and sit quietly? Is it something that, that you do as a nice little aside in your life? Or have you heard the call? whatever it was that spoke to you in your heart a little while ago, what really matters? And is the, the reception to that invitation strong enough and alive enough so that you can have it available um, more than just in uh, sporadic moments? The seeds that we plant are incredibly potent. I don't know if Jack had, has told this story about somebody who had done a couple of retreats. Um, this was many years ago. And then kind of uh, got less involved in the, in the, uh, the practice and more in, um, in developing a business and became a very successful business person, businessman. Uh, ten years later, was um, found to have a brain tumor, uh, and there was this. It was it was a very rapidly progressing tumor, um, and he had to make a decision whether or not to go through this operation, which uh, was possibly going to be successful possibly going to be not successful and he would die, or possibly a good chance that all his um, um, speech and um, uh, some of his cerebral cortex was going to be cut, and, uh, and speech and some of his functioning would be uh, lost, and vision, that was the other thing. And he had to make this decision very quickly. Um, when he was at that crossroads, all he wanted to do was talk about Dharma. And he called Jack 
and said, you know, all of these other things in my life that I've been involved with the last 10 years, they've been good and rewarding, but what I touched on those two retreats 10 years ago, that's what really matters to me now. I just want to know about life and what, what truly is in my heart. Now, can you imagine if you keep that vision close to you through your daily life, how powerful it is to carry through. So I, I ask you again, and there's no wrong answer in this, there's no, no need to feel guilty, there's no need to, to do, to feel anything other than the truth. How important is it to you to wake up? to learn to love in a non-grasping way, to learn to express your caring and compassion, to learn to use this year as part of the gift of life in your journey and being present for it as, as best you can. Okay. And if it's not as important as other things, that's okay. Just be honest with yourself. Because the, the tricky part is when you think you'd like to have that, but it's not really there yet. And then you feel frustrated. Oh, I wish the Dharma was important. I wish uh, my spiritual life was, was important. But you're not really being authentic with what your heart tells you is important. But if there's any place in there that says, yes, this is what really matters, this is what counts, then more and more hear that call. Find some way to get in touch with it. When we started the, the meditation and I asked you for just a moment to reflect on why it is that you're sitting here, it's not that you've got to come up with some deeply profound answer each time, but to just remember, why is it that I'm going to take this time, you know, where my body might be a little uncomfortable, my mind might be a little bit bored. Why am I doing it? Just to remember why. Then we can really give our energy into practice. There's different resources or sources that people have in, uh, in fueling their spiritual life. One list, perhaps it's a, a list you don't know so well, there's millions of lists or many, many lists in these teachings. It's a very methodical as well as a heartfelt um, cosmology. One list is called the bases of success, the four bases of success, the idipadas they're called. Success being true awakening. And these four qualities are um, what really gets people to be motivated to um, continue this sometimes difficult uh, journey and process. I'd like to share them with you. We have different amounts of them, uh, and if you find you have one, um, that's wonderful. If you have more than one, great. And you might have varying degrees. Um, but whatever it is that you find fuels your practice, whether it's in this list or another, um, cherish it. One basis of success, strong motivation or strong motivating energy, is it's called uh, chanda idipada, zeal. That is just a natural enthusiasm. Some people are that kind of, have that kind of intensity and energy. Sometimes it can be a bit overboard. Sometimes it can work against you if you get so intense about something that you lose perspective. But if there's a natural enthusiasm, if you have that quality, that just says, I've got to know. I've got to find out the truth. I've got to see what this is all about. It's a wonderful natural motivator. 
I have some of that myself. I can get very intense about things, whether it's football, as some uh, people who know, you know, this is a very important week coming up for people in the Bay Area, you know, or music, or... Fortunately, I got very intense about something that mellowed me out a lot, or at least centered me a bit, the, the Dharma. Not everybody is like that. Uh, if you are, you might channel that enthusiasm for your spiritual life. A second energy, source of energy, is, uh, it's called virya idipada, which is energy. And what that means is, um, in a practical way, somebody who is able to persevere, stick through with a strong resolution, no matter what the situation or circumstance, I can hang in there with this. There's a, a, a kind of um, strong heart that says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay here until it's done, whatever. I mean, you have to, of course, again, be balanced in that. You don't want to be doing yourself harm or, or lose perspective or sight but if you're, uh, of, of dangers. But if you're somebody who's got that stick-to-itive quality, it can see you through tremendous hardship. And this is not an easy um, journey at times. The 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows, that's what we're opening up to. It's not just all love and light. Hey, gee, life is great and I'm on my spiritual path. There's something the Buddha said about the first noble truth. There is suffering in life. And the more we are able to directly understand and opened, open up to without fear the reality of suffering, the more possibility there is of not being confused by it and getting beyond suffering to real peace and happiness. So this is that cons the constancy, perseverance, resolution. <clears throat> A third idipada, a third basis of success, is called citta idipada. Citta is, is the word for um, both mind and heart. Sometimes when you hear mindfulness, or it sounds like uh, the teaching might be very cerebral, understanding thoughts and understanding the mind, uh, that can all be retranslated because the one word citta means both heart and mind. So you can think of it as heartfulness or getting in touch with, with the truth in your heart. Just like Jesus saying, the kingdom of God is within. You know, listening to that still small voice within. What it means in this list, this citta idipada, is having tasted the truth, it is so compelling that everything else pales by comparison. And you are... you don't have a choice what it is that draws you forward. This is often um, experienced by people who've done intensive practice. That's one of the, the beauties and benefits and powers of intensive practice. If you've not done a retreat, it's something to just think about in your mind, that when you are given a circumstance where there's not any external input, and over the course of days, after three or four days, the mind starts to settle down and the body settles down, where there's stretches of mindfulness, of presence, and you start to see things in a very different way than is normally accessible, a whole world opens up. For me, it touches a place of purity that is so alive, so 
genuine, everything else falls away. And it's so compelling that there's no choice in the journey. This is, uh, I want to read this passage from Shanti Deva. This is uh, one of my favorite passages these days. He says, As a blind person feels when they find a pearl in a dustbin, so am I amazed by the miracle of awakening rising in my consciousness. It is the nectar of immortality that delivers us from death. The treasure that lifts us above poverty into the wealth of giving to life. The tree that gives shade to us when we roam about scorched by life. The bridge that takes us across the stormy river of life. The cool moon of compassion that calms our mind when it is agitated. The sun that dispels darkness. The butter made from the milk of kindness by churning it with the Dharma. It is a feast of joy to which all are invited. There's something that this man really touched. Just comes right through the words. Just that first line again. As a blind person feels when they find a pearl in a dustbin, so am I amazed by the miracle of awakening rising in my consciousness. This is that love of Dharma, this citta idipada. And I think every one of us has touched it. We've all touched it when we were kids. It's opening to that sense of wonder that says, What's going on here? I was a, um, uh, an astronomy nut when I was a kid. Still, to some extent these days, although I, I don't really know a lot about astronomy, but when I was a, a kid growing up in New York City, and I used to drag my parents to the Hayden Planetarium every six weeks or so to see the new show. You didn't see that much, don't see that many stars up in, in, in New York City, but you know, you can get it at the planetarium. And I just, it's like yesterday, like I was saying, the year has gone by. It's just yesterday, it's right within me, just looking up and saying, wow, it's all too much, isn't it? Amazing. Now, I didn't know anything about Buddha Dharma, or the Four Noble Truths, or any of these teachings. But there's something, I think, in all of us that connects with that sense of awe and wonder. And when we touch it as adults, especially through our own sincerity of practice, or some kind of major event that wakes us up, sometimes that's, that's the catalyst. Um, it's something to honor tremendously. Sometimes tragedy can set us on a course and see what really matters. Often that happens because that wakes us up to suffering. Sometimes deep beauty. Sometimes a moment of silence in an open meadow. Who knows? It's like the Dharma or the universe is inviting us all the time. It's, it's saying, hey, take a look. Listen, listen carefully. It's right here for you to see. And when you feel that, it is something to more and more stay in touch with, that love of Dharma, that love of the mystery, whatever it is that you call it. So this is the third fuel of the energy or basis of success. 
And the last one is called Vimamsa Idipada. Vimamsa uh, means investigation in this sense, and what it's pointing out to is investigating reality, seeing our situation, and realizing that we better make the best of it if we're truly to, um, to rise above pain and suffering. There is a sense of urgency, not out of fear, but just out of reality, when we see what a precious circumstance we have and what a shame or a waste if we don't make the most of it. One reflection in this investigation is seeing how precious it is to be born as a human. It's said there's, there's the image of the, um, the yoke, the turtle coming through a yoke, surfacing to the surface of, of water once every hundred years, the surface of the ocean. And rarer it is to be born a human than that turtle coming through the yoke. Now that might seem far-fetched. I remember when I first heard that, I said, oh, come on, they really get graphic with these you know, <laughs> illustrations. But when you think about it, as I have in, in recent years, just scooping out um, a plot of earth right outside here, maybe uh, five feet by five feet, and you go down, how many living organisms are on that plot of earth? Microorganisms. Millions, billions. How many different species are right on this, uh, on these grounds? How many living beings are there on Spirit Rock? More, much, much more than humans on this planet. Much, 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 much more. Just on these, this piece of land. I came across uh, um, a fact. I, I think I have to recheck it and make sure I got the number exactly right. And if anybody knows, please come up to me afterwards. But um, on ants, it was a this huge book on ants that was put out a few years ago, and it said that if you had the n ants on one side of the scale and humans on the other side of the scale, all the humans in the world on one scale, it would be one amazing scale. Right? And all the ants on the other side, the ants would outweigh humans 65 times. How many ants do you think it takes to make up your body? Right? So when you think about this precious human birth, I mean, it's not just a word, you know, and that's just ants, you know, let alone everything else. We have this consciousness that can know itself. Isn't that amazing? That it can know itself? came across this beautiful um, line in, uh, in The Universe is a Green Dragon. It's a wonderful book where Brian Swim says, We are a star's way of knowing itself. Through this consciousness, it, can, it has a self-reflecting, self-reflexive awareness. What an amazing gift! What do we do with it? Get more ice cream? You know? <laughs> Is that what it's about? You know, and that's a nice thing to do, and I love ice cream, as people know. And we're only here for a short time. Here it is, one more year passing, the start of the next one. What are we going to do with this year? How is it going to uh, fit into our life's journey. It comes and then it goes. Death is another reflection that brings a sense of urgency. Who knows what happens afterwards? It's a mystery. Sometimes people can get inspired by it, sometimes frightened by it. Who knows? I have a sense that there's more to it than that last breath. But who knows what is going to be the next circumstance that follows if there is more to it. 
It's like Castaneda saying, keeping death over your shoulder as an advisor. It really wakes you up to this moment. A reflection on karma brings a sense of urgency. If we act from a place of grasping, of attachment, of aversion, of confusion or delusion, we are planting the seeds for suffering in a very direct way. You know how it feels when you're caught in obsession. That's painful, let alone leading, uh, looking to the future as being a source of, of happiness when we're not satisfied in this moment. It's painful. Or what it is to be living with a lot of anger and, and fear. Okay. That, that source of unhappiness is acting from grasping, aversion, and delusion. When we approach our life, in e any moment that we approach the moment from a place of generosity, of fullness, of kindness, a basic spirit of kindness, and the willingness to wake up, to look and see what the truth is, we are very directly in this moment as well as for the rest of our lives and in future lives, sowing the seeds for happiness. So the choice is, is ours. The Buddha gave the image of being like burning, uh, being children, playing in a house that's on fire, playing up in the attic with toys. Oh, aren't we having fun? You know, not realizing the whole house is burning. And at any time, we can wake up and say, wow, oh, I can get out of this house. So, um, as we approach this year, and this starting it off today together, I, uh, I hope that you can reflect and keep in mind what really matters to you. and have some kind of a commitment to nurture that, not only for your own sake, certainly it feels wonderful to nurture it for your own sake, but as a gift that you can give to everybody around you. Because you know how you feel when you're around people who act with kindness or who have a strong commitment to truth, a strong integrity. Um, it reminds you. And so this is something that we share not just for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all beings. And the more we can remind each other of it, and as I say this, I'm reminding myself of it, so, you know, I, you know there's another ulterior motive there. Um, the more we keep it in focus, the more um, it becomes the vision that we are living our life from. So, it's, uh, it's almost time to go. Um, hmm. I'm torn between having some questions or uh, closing with the loving kindness. People usually are used to leaving at 9 o'clock, aren't they? Sure. Okay. I see the nods, some nods. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, if, if people have any questions or things that they want to talk about afterwards, I'll, I'll be here. Uh, what I'd, I'd like to do is, uh, is close with a loving kindness. And, um, oh, one of the things, uh, let's see, there's that sheet of announcements here. Um, here's some after-the-talk announcements. Uh, Howie Cohn leads a regular Wednesday morning class from 9 to 11 a.m. This class is for all levels of meditators. Uh, oh, he will be leading it this Wednesday, I guess. And uh, Wes Nisker leads next Monday night's class. If people could stay, if they're not in any kind of emergency, it would be nice to close together with a loving kindness. So Wes Nisker, who uh, is also known as Scoop Nisker uh, on... Uh, KFOG, 
these days, yeah. And also the editor of, uh, co-editor of Inquiring Mind is going to be uh, giving the, the talk next week. Uh, and he's a, a good friend and um, he's, uh, he's always, um, or almost always, I should say, I like to qualify things, but almost, almost, almost always uh, very interesting and funny and, um, and very sharp. He's a very sharp guy and, and uh, a lover of Dharma. Uh, oh, and I want to also mention for those who aren't, who haven't been here before, uh, about uh, Donna, that the teachings are given in a spirit of generosity. That's how they've been given for the last 2,500 years, with no formal charge. And we want to keep that tradition offering in a spirit of generosity, which makes them available to all uh, and uh, doesn't put a price on the Dharma. And at the same time, support for teachers offering in this way is, um, is greatly appreciated through your generosity, through dana. Uh, the dana is a practice of generosity. And so there are, um, um, there are dana baskets that I guess people, somebody will be holding uh, as you leave, which goes to support the operating of Spirit Rock and also the teachings. And uh, again, that's, that's greatly appreciated. Also, please remember, only a right turn when you leave Spirit Rock and drive carefully. So we'll close with a loving kindness. Just breathe through your heart center. Imagine you can breathe through that place that we think of that can touch others and be touched. Breathing in benevolent energy from life. Taking it in and surrounding yourself as you breathe out. And then starting fresh we can have a few moments of forgiveness, letting go of unresolved issues. If I've caused any hurt through my own confusion to anybody, I ask your forgiveness. We do things because we don't understand, we get confused. I ask forgiveness. And then extending forgiveness. If anyone has hurt me through their own confusion, I forgive you. I forgive your confusion. And forgiving yourself, if you're not ready to forgive somebody else, just be okay with that. I forgive myself for being just where I am. Forgive myself for things that are hard to accept, fear or judgment or anger or sadness or whatever it is. And then sending some kind thoughts to yourself. Get in touch with the sincerity that brought you to, uh, to be here tonight. And with that acknowledgement, sending some kind thoughts to yourself. May I have happiness in my life. May I know what true peace is.
May I feel the love that's in my heart and express it well. May I awaken to the truth of who I really am. And now extending these thoughts to other people here in this room, people near you, and all of us, and then out to all living beings on these grounds, all the millions and millions of organisms and animals and insects, and continuing to extend out throughout this area and state and country and all over the planet and beyond to all beings in all directions as I want happiness for myself may all beings be happy as I want peace may all beings have peace in their lives. As I want love and kindness, may all beings be touched by the power of loving kindness. As I want understanding, may all beings grow in understanding and wisdom and see the truth of things. May we share any understanding and wisdom that we develop here together tonight with all beings everywhere. May all beings everywhere be happy. Thank you. This talk was given by James Barris at Spirit Rock Meditation Center on January 2, 1995. It is an offering of the Dharma Seed. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.